you ever planned a big party that you had to decide who you were going to invite? That you had to decide who were the important people in your life that you wanted them to be there? Or are you planning one right now? <laughs> <laughs> and you have to decide when you're doing that how big the guest list is going to be, right? Who you're going to invite how broadly you're going to invite, if it's just going to be a local party or if it's going to be a party that you invite people to from near and far and wide. And maybe there's some special people that you really, really want to be there. I want you to imagine for a minute who the people are who are really important in your life that if you were going to have a big celebration, they would be the people that you most wanted to picture them, and you invite them, and then they send their regrets. How does that feel? So hold on to that. I'm going to tell you a story. Two stories, actually. One story that Jesus lived, and one story that Jesus told. And these are stories that Jesus tells when he's at a party. And the party is a Sabbath meal at the home of a Pharisee. And he's just healed somebody on the Sabbath. And I'm reading from the message, and the title of this section is called Invite the Mystic. Jesus went on to tell a story to the guests around the table, noticing how each had tried to elbow into the place of honor. He said, when someone invites you to dinner, don't take the place of honor. Somebody more important than you might have been invited by the host. Then he'll come and call out in front of everybody, you're in the wrong place. The place of honor belongs to this man. Red-faced, you'll have to make your way to the very last table, the only place left. That's actually the etiquette of the time. People had inner tables and outer tables at a gathering. And if the person of high honor came late, they got your seat. Or they got their seat. And if you were in it, you would be kicked out. So it's actually pretty good advice, don't you think? So Jesus continues, when you're invited to dinner, go and sit at the last place. Then when the host comes, he may very well say, friend, come up to the front. That will give the dinner guests something to talk about. <laughs> something you might want them to talk about rather than something you don't want them to talk about. What I'm saying is, if you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. Then Jesus turned to the host. The next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. 
invite some people who never get invited out. The misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be and experience a blessing. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned. Oh, how it will be returned in the resurrection of God's people. That triggered a response from one of the guests. How fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. Jesus followed up. Yes. For there was once a man, here comes the story, for there was once a man who threw a great dinner party and invited men. When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servant to the invited guests and saying, Come on in, the food is on the table. Then they all began to beg off, one after another, making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property and need to look it over. Send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five teams of oxen and I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. And yet another said, I just got married and I need to get home to my wife. <coughs> the servant went back and told the master what had happened. <coughs> he was outraged and told the servant, quickly get out to the city streets and alleys and collect all who look like they need a square meal. All the misfits and homeless and wretched you can lay hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. And there's still room. The master said, then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those originally invited is going to get so much of a, as a bite at my dinner party. So who would you rather be? The person who was invited and had something more important to do, or the people who didn't expect to even be invited to the party and got dragged in Now, I'd say that some of those excuses weren't actually bad excuses, right? I mean, I just got married. I need to get home to my wife. <laughs> some of these things should be priorities, right? It's not a bad thing to check on your property or your oxen or to get home to your spouse. But they miss the invitation because they chose something else. Sometimes we need to reevaluate our priorities. If we're ready for a change, we have to make a choice. And sometimes the choices we need to make in our lives make those things that are priorities not a priority at all, and sometimes they just put them in a little bit of a different place or a little bit of a different time. But the most important thing is that we are invited. We are invited to the party. I think that sometimes we think the parties that we want to be invited to are the important parties, right? 
those parties that take place at places like Grace Restaurant. <laughs> right? Don't, wouldn't we feel good if we got invited to some special event and we had to get all dressed up and go with the important people of Portland to a special party? But you know, I think Jesus is saying the important party, the most important party you could go to is the one up on Congress Street giving out cookies to people who don't have kitchens. That party is actually more important than that party that you'd have to wear clothes that maybe you don't even own yet to attend. Jesus is always messing with our values. Jesus is always showing us a different way to be. We need to accept the invitation to Jesus' party. Because Jesus is inviting us. And we don't want God to feel like we did when the people that we love don't come to our party. We need to accept that invitation because we are loved. And we are accepted not because we are important, but because we're a misfit. Because we all are. Right? We're all misfits. And that's why God loves us. And you know, we, when we have that invitation, also have invitations to share with others because there's still room. All of us misfits have been invited and there's still room. You know what, a couple weeks ago there wasn't room at the 11 o'clock service, but now there is because people are coming in line. So you can invite more people. <laughs> and we're setting up more chairs. <laughs> But it's not just that people need to be invited here to this place. Because invitations come not only in our words, but in the way we live and the way we love other people. We invite them to God's party, a party of love and forgiveness and acceptance by the way we love and forgive and accept them. These are invitations that we have to give to people in our circles, right? People that we know and people that we love. But we also have the ability to give invitations to people that we don't even know. Today is the one great hour of sharing Sunday. And if on any day of the year we remember that we are connected with the United Methodist Committee on Relief, which is a network of a relief agency that is always ranked in the top relief agencies in the world. And we are a part of that network. And this Sunday, as well as all the Sundays after huge disasters and tragedies, we are reminded that we are connected with people who are helping people around the world who are struggling in terrible circumstances. And so today, um, we're going to watch a little bit, a little video about um, UMCOR, as it's called, and think about the ways that we can bring the invitation to the party to people who really need some light and love in their lives.
There is a tornado on the ground in the southern portions of Joplin. Take cover yes, right now. Please, I'm telling you to yes, take cover. One great hour of sharing. The annual offering to underwrite the costs of doing business for Encore. The United Methodist Committee on Relief. It is how the church responds to suffering caused by human and natural disasters. It's how you respond to make a difference. In March of 2011, a 9.0 magnitude earthquake struck northern Japan, creating a massive tsunami. Over 15,000 people died. 8,000 are still missing. And in the blink of a moment, this tragedy became the costliest disaster in human history. We got to see a couple different sites on the coast that were um, virtually destroyed by the tsunami. And meet with our partners up there who had been doing a lot of the direct relief and are beginning to do some of the recovery and rebuilding and kind of outreach to the communities. Through your generous gifts, to one great hour of sharing, Umcor is there, providing relief supplies in the crisis of need while being part of the long-term rebuilding and reconstruction of devastated communities. A month later, tragedy struck home when violent weather ripped at America's heart. The super tornado outbreak in late April killed over 320 people and caused $11 billion in damages. Alabama was hit hardest with 235 fatalities as monster storms mangled everything in their paths from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham and Huntsville. Encore's network of volunteers responded immediately to help their neighbors and Pastor Kelly Clem, who lost a daughter to a tornado in 1994, knows how to reach out to storm victims who are hurting. It's the pieces of someone's life. When I talk to people about storms, that God never leaves us, and God is there throughout the storm and in the recovery from the storm. Only weeks later, another EF5 tornado flattened 25% of Joplin, Missouri making a large portion of the town unrecognizable to all who knew it. To be here on the ground in Joplin is just incredible. The impact is just beyond uh, expression. Uh, the impact on people's lives, the, the loss of life, the injuries, uh, the extent of the damage is, uh, it, is just beyond belief. The, the person who hosted us, who knows this community well, is, uh, serves in the fire department, and we come up to intersections where he was driving us to where we were going to see something, and he couldn't identify which intersection it was for sure. After 160 fatalities and almost $7 billion in damages, Joplin was brought to its knees. And because one great hour of sharing pays for Encore's administrative costs, the agency is in Joplin through your compassion, with prayers and volunteers to help mend broken hearts, and clean up damaged homes, and initiate programs that assist the long-term process of rebuilding the town. In June, tragedy and the waters of the Source River poured over Minot, North Dakota. It was a 100-year flood, causing a quarter of the population to evacuate as the river engulfed as many as 5,000 homes and businesses. <coughs> 
with so much suffering already in 2011, it was painful to see yet another disaster unfold. In the wake of two billion in damages with 90% of residents in the flood zone without insurance, the task of rebuilding Minot is great. But through your love, Encore is there. One great hour of sharing covers the agency's day-to-day -day operations, so 100% of donations go directly to disaster aid. And the people of Minot know that God's grace and the church's resourcefulness are helping them put their lives back together. From crisis to crisis, United Methodists show our love for God and love for neighbor by participating in the special offering, One Great Hour of Sharing. Through your gifts, Amcor's administrative costs are paid allowing the agency to channel resources to where relief efforts are needed most. And then one of the things that we're most proud of in, in UMCOR and our United Methodist system is that if you give us one dollar, one dollar goes to that disaster. Uh, UMCOR is supported by the one great hour of sharing, and because that ministry is paid for, every penny that a person gives to a disaster goes to that disaster. And there's not very many relief organizations, if any other, that can say that 100% of every dollar, every penny that's given, goes to that disaster. Now is the time to give. So we are ready, because disasters do strike in seconds. Lives are altered in mere moments. And there are no guarantees for what tomorrow may bring. Through you, UMCOR is there. Wherever there is suffering caused by natural disasters, disease, or the inhumanity unleashed by war. So let us respond with the compassion of Christ in one great hour of sharing. And share God's grace with a world in need of healing. Please give now. come up for communion, you will have an opportunity to give for the One Great Hour of Sharing, which is a wonderful way that we can be a part of giving invitations to people in times of desperation and heartache and disaster. And it's a wonderful thing to be a part of a network that, connect, that can connect us with people that we don't even know, people that aren't connected with us in any other way, but people who are in such desperate need of hope and help in their lives. We not only have love and invitations to share with people far away, but with people that we know and love, and invitations to accept for ourselves, because we are all, all invited. I'd like to share with you the words of the song that we sang for the first time last week, and we're going to sing it again. And I think it's really connected to um, the message that I hope you're hearing today. And um, so I'm going to read them to you, and then we're going to sing them, so maybe you'll actually hear them. God of the Bible. 
God of the gospel, hope seen in Jesus, hope yet to come. You are our center. Daylight or darkness, freedom or prison, you are our home. God in our struggles, God in our hunger, suffering with us, taking our part. Still you empower us, mothering spirit, feeding, sustaining from your own heart. Those without status, those who are nothing, you have made royal, gifted with rights. Chosen as partners, midwives of justice, birthing new systems, lighting new lights. Not by your finger, not by your anger, will our world order change in a day, but by your people, fearless and faithful, small paper lanterns lighting the way. Have you ever thought of yourself as a small paper lantern? I haven't, <laughs> until I heard this song. But I have this image of small paper lanterns that comes from the movie Tangled. Anybody seen the movie Tangled? Paper lanterns are like the central theme of this whole movie. And the most beautiful scene in the movie is when all the paper lanterns are set off. And every paper lantern, every person in the kingdom has a paper lantern that they set off on this day. And they light it, and then it floats up in the air, and it floats above and goes down, and is all around and they're all moving, all of these lights everywhere in the sky and it's just gorgeous. And so I think about this image of being a small paper lantern, of having our lights lit because of the invitation that God gives us to light our lights with God's spirit. And the image of us sharing that light with other people so they might light their light. And the image of sending our lights off to be greater than ourselves and to go beyond us and above us and to share light with people who aren't even connected to us. Which I think is a beautiful way to think about following Jesus, being a small paper lantern. So I hold that image in my mind also for the last verse, which is hope we must carry, shining and certain, through all our turmoil, terror, and loss, bonding us gladly to one another till our world changes, facing the cross. Fresh as the morning, sure as the sunrise, God always faithful, you do not change. Fresh as the morning, sure as the sunrise. God, always faithful, you do not change. You are a small paper lantern. You are a small paper lantern. You are invited to be lit. You are invited to light and you are invited to let your light float high above you and way beyond you. 
that others might see the light and love of God reflected in you. I invite you to stand and we're going to sing together about secret relationships.